Heroes of the Faith. One of my heroes of the faith has, has got to be an Old Testament character by the name of Joseph. How many like Joseph, the story of Joseph? I'm going to read, uh, see those hands? Uh, I'm going to read um, a passage of scripture from uh, Genesis uh, 45, and then after that, um, the technical guys are, are just going to help me by putting some scriptures on the screen for me. So he's a real hero. So if you have a Bible, could you turn with me to Genesis 45, please? And I'm going to read the first 15 verses. Uh, and then after that, I've asked my son from the time I begin to preach, if I go beyond 30 minutes, wave your hand at me, all right? Are you happy about that? Are you relieved about that? And if I go beyond 35 minutes, then wave both your hands at me, because I'll know to stop then. It's wonderful that we're having communion this morning as well, and uh, I didn't realize that, but in some respects it fits in with what I'm talking about this morning. Genesis 45, the beginning of the chapter. Then Joseph could no longer control himself before all his attendants, and he cried out, Have everyone leave my presence. So there was no one with Joseph when he made himself known to his brothers. And he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard him, and Pharaoh's household heard about it. And Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. At this point, they must have felt like keeling over. I am Joseph. Is my father still living? But his brothers were not able to answer him because they were terrified at his presence because one word from him and it could have been curtains for them. Then Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. And when they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now, there has been a famine in the land, and for the next five years, there will be plowing and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve you, a remnant on earth, and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So then, it was not you who sent me here, but God. He made me father to Pharaoh, Lord of his entire household, ruler of all Egypt, now hurry back to my father and say to him, this is what your son Joseph says. God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me, don't delay. You shall live in the region of Goshen and be near me. You, your children and grandchildren, your flocks and herds and all you have, I will provide for you there because five years of famine are still to come, otherwise you and your household and all who belong to you will become destitute. You can see for yourselves, and so can my brother Benjamin, that it is really I who am speaking to you. Tell my father about all the honor accorded to me in Egypt and about everything you have seen and bring my father down here quickly. Then he threw his arms around his brother Benjamin and wept. And Benjamin embraced him weeping. And I, I love this. And he kissed all his brothers. And he kissed all his brothers and wept over them 
Afterwards, his brothers talked to him. God's blessing be upon his word this morning. Amen. If you were to ask me, what do I think a Christian is, I think I would reply by saying two things. First of all, a Christian is someone who has been forgiven. Isn't that a wonderful word? Ephesians 1 and 7 says that uh, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Jesus did not come to rub it in. Jesus came to rub it out. Jesus came to, as it were, wipe the slate clean. And because Jesus took the punishment that was ours, God can now forgive us. I think that is absolutely wonderful and fantastic. Now, Christians don't profess to be perfect, do we? I, I haven't met one as yet. I'm, I'm aiming for it, and someday I believe I will be, but as yet I haven't arrived. But Christians do not claim to be perfect, but we do claim to be forgiven. So a Christian is someone who is forgiven. And secondly, a Christian is somebody who is forgiving. Almost in consequence of that, that God has forgiven us, we forgive others. We are to be forgiving. There's a, there's a beautiful verse of scripture in Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 and 13. And it talks about the wardrobe as Christians that we are to wear. And he talks about uh, humility and, and kindness. And, and, and incidentally, I, I went to my wardrobe today to put on some jeans because I, I wanted to look cool, you know, just like Andy and the guys in Carlin. So I wanted to look cool. And I began to put these jeans on, and I was struggling to put them on, especially when I came to, to do this. And then it dawned on me, I was putting my wife's jeans on. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> but Paul says, put on these virtues. And, and he, he adds to that, put on forgiveness. Don't pray about it. Just do it. Just as you choose the clothes that you wear each day, each day go to God's wardrobe and put on forgiveness. Put on forgiveness. It was in 1987, I still remember this so well, Gordon Wilson, Enniskillen, an IRA bomb went off and is not in her head there, she'll remember this. Gordon Wilson with his daughter were lying under a, probably a ton of bricks and, and debris. And Gordon Wilson was holding on to the hand of his daughter who was a nurse. And the last words of his daughter to Gordon Wilson was this, Daddy, I love you very much. And that night, Gordon Wilson went on the television and he said, I am a Christian. And because I am a Christian, I totally forgive. And I want to say to those men, I bear no ill. I bear no grudge. That's putting on forgiveness. And that's what we are to do as the people of God. And the reason why Joseph is such a fantastic hero is because in the Old Testament, he was probably one of the greatest examples of a man who showed forgiveness to people who didn't deserve it even. Just... 
just a few thoughts, just a few thoughts about Joseph, why he's such a hero. First of all, I want to look at who Joseph forgave. Who did Joseph forgive? Well, he, he forgave those brothers. He went around and he kissed them, which was the symbol of forgiveness. Maybe to illustrate that, I can just go around everybody now and give you a kiss. Would that be all right? I'll start with Carl. Is that all right? <laughs> no. He went around the whole lot and he kissed them, being symbolic of forgiveness. Let me fast forward the story of Joseph a little bit to Genesis 49. The technical guys are on the ball here, I know. I want you to witness the scene. It's a, it's a, it's a death scene, really. Uh, Jacob, Jacob is, is dying, and his, his sons are gathered around him, and he begins to prophesy to them. He begins to say some very positive things to some of them. But to others, he says some very negative things. But when he comes to Joseph, this is what he said. Joseph is a fruitful vine, a fruitful vine near a spring whose branches climb over a wall. And notice this. With bitterness, archers attacked him. They shot at him with hostility. They shot at him with hostility. Between the ages, between the age of 17 to 30, so we're talking about a, a time span of something like 13 years, there was at least three venomous arrows that were shot at Joseph. First of all, there was uh, the arrow that was shot by by Joseph and his siblings. Joseph's siblings, they, 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 they sold him in the bondage. We'll come back to that in, 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 a, in a moment. But in addition to that, there, there was Potiphar's wife who accused him. Remember the story of, of Joseph? He went into Potiphar's wife, and Potiphar's wife cast an eye upon him. He says, this is a good-looking chap. Uh, and every day, she said, come and lie with me. And, and Joseph, he said, how can I do this great wickedness before God? He wasn't so concerned even that he was going to commit the, the sin of adultery. He was concerned about the sin before God. And it says that he, he ran. And then she accused him and he said, this Hebrew who you brought into my house, he tried to take advantage of me. And what happened to poor Joseph? He ended up in prison. There was Joseph's siblings who sold him, there was Potiphar's wife who accused him, and then there was the butler, there was Pharaoh's butler who forgot about him. Remember when he interpreted those dreams, the baker and the butler? He gave a good interpretation of the dream to the butler. He says, you're going to be restored. And, and the poor baker thought he was going to get a good inter interpretation as well. And he says, three days from now, you're going to be taken on and you're going to be hung. And Joseph said to the butler, when you get back to fair, will you remember me? But you know the story, he didn't. Until his conscience was twinged one day. But, but Jacob probably especially has the brothers in view here when he says, with bitterness, archers attacked him. 
boy, they threw him into a pit. They stripped him of his beautiful garment. They closed their ears to his cries of distress. And off he went. I, I wonder this morning if I'm speaking to some Joseph and somebody has shot an arrow and it's hit you and it has hurt. It may have been a, a spouse, it may have been an employer or an employee, it may have been a father or a mother. Dare I say, it may even have been a Christian. Did you realize that Christians can upset other Christians? Did you know that? Yeah. Boy, I tell you, when you're in leadership, it seems like there's arrows coming all the time. Well, not all the time. I exaggerate. But you know what I mean, Carl, don't Those arrows. Ooh! That dirty rat. Oh, that hurt. That was painful. Could I encourage you to forgive? It really is not worth the hassle holding on to bitterness and resentment. Forgive. Just put on forgiveness. The Chinese have a problem, uh, not a problem, <laughs> they do have a problem probably, but a proverb, that's it, a proverb. And it goes something like this. He who seeks revenge must dig up two graves. Think about it. He who seeks revenge must dig two graves. You, you've heard of Martin, uh, not Martin, uh, Robert Louis Stevenson, the writer of Treasure Island and Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Can you believe an old guy in his 60s just a while ago, I read Treasure Island and I really enjoyed it. I felt like a big kid again. I really did. Wow, this is a great book. I've been wanting to read this book for years. Um, he was a Christian, Robert Louis Stevenson. And, and one day he was with his family and they were reciting the Lord's Prayer. And all of a sudden, in the middle of the prayer, he had to get up and leave the room. And his wife followed him and said, what's wrong? He said, I couldn't recite the Lord's Prayer. Especially when you come to that, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Because there's somebody I just can't forgive. Can we really call ourselves Christians if we can't forgive? I, I, don't, I don't care who shot the arrow. I, I don't care how painful it was. If you want to be a hero of the faith, you've got to learn to forgive. So rather than in anger, Joseph punished his brothers. In grace, he forgave them. He gave them a kiss. Give the person next to you a kiss. No, I'm only joking you. <laughs> you might not want to do that anyways. All right, <laughs> all right okay. So, so who did he forgive? Why, wow, he, these rotters, these, these rat bags, he forgave them. Secondly, not only who did Joseph forgive, but how did he forgive? There, there, when I was studying this, um, this character, uh, Joseph, there, to me, there was two outstanding things 
about, about Joseph's forgiven, forgiveness of his brothers. First of all, first of all, it, it, it was unconditional. It was unconditional. Now, what do I mean by that? Now, obviously, during this period, when uh, Joseph first recognized his, his brothers, they didn't recognize him. Uh, you, you really need to see the whole story in context, if you possibly can. But, but he, he must have witnessed amongst his brothers a, a kind of a brokenness in their spirit. He must have seen that their, maybe their conscience was bothering them a, a little bit about what they had done. But I want, I want to suggest, I want to suggest that, that long before we read about this story here about Joseph forgiving his brothers, I want to suggest that long before that he had already forgiven them before God. There's not even an indication that they came, actually later in the story you might see a little bit more of this, but in this story here there's no indication that they came to him saying, Joseph, will you please forgive us for what we did? He just forgave them. It was a part of who he was. Well, you don't know what that person did, Jim. I, I, I don't care what they did. Just forgive them. But I'll only forgive them when they come crawling on their knees and they're saying that they're sorry. That's the only way. No, 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 you got it wrong. You just forgive. Just forgive. What is that advert that says, just do it? Don't, as I said already, don't pray about it, just do it. It's unconditional. And that, in fact, when you come and you read about forgiveness in the, in the, the Bible as a whole, the, the emphasis is more upon the attitude of the forgiver than the terms of, the, of forgiveness. So it was, it was unconditional. Secondly, it was, it was genuine. Could, could we have the next one? Thanks, Joe. Thank you very much. Once again, if you, if you know the story, uh, Jacob had died. The brothers began to talk amongst themselves. We're going to get our comeuppance now from Joseph. Now that dad's out of the way, He's going he's gonna to reap his revenge on us now. We're, we're for It's curtains. And the story goes like this. So, so they sent word to Joseph saying, your father left these instructions before he died. This is what you are to say to Joseph. I ask you to forgive your brothers the sins and the wrongs they committed in treating you so badly. Now, please forgive the sins of the servants Please forgive the sins of the servants of the God of your father. When their message came to him, Joseph wept. Joseph wept. Why did he cry? Probably because he didn't know what they were talking about. Now, by... By forgiveness, I don't mean that you forget. You can't, you can't forget, can you? You can't forget things that have happened to you. But by forgiveness, I, I, I mean very simply 
that it's no longer like a, a cancer in your life. By, by forgiveness, I, I mean you kick those issues out of play, that they're no longer a problem in, in your life. But you can't forget about them. They're always there. But they don't hamper you in your walk with God. Joseph had genuinely forgiven his brothers. Put your hand on your heart and say, have I genuinely forgiven? How many remember Marlene Dietrich? Come on, Carl, no? Marlene Dietrich? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Maybe the older generation might remember. Remember, falling in love again, what am I to do? No, never mind. If you don't remember, okay. <laughs> but she, she used to say, she used to say, when a woman forgives um, her husband's sins, she does not need to reheat them at breakfast time. When a woman forgives her husband, she must not reheat his sins at breakfast time. Oh, you've heard the story about a man having a conversation with another man, and he says, oh, my, I, I can't handle my wife. She's, she's just so historical. Historical? Don't you mean hysterical? He says, no, historical, because every time we have a, a fight, she always reminds me of what I've done. <laughs> Don't, don't, re, don't reheat them. Don't reheat them. In fact, Jesus told a parable on one occasion. We'll come to this in his story in Matthew, in Matthew 18. He talks about the king who got this guy, and he says, well, you've owed me, you owe me so much money. The guy got down to his knees and said, son, I can't, I can't pay it. I can't pay it. And, and, well, the king says, okay, then I'll, I'll forgive you. So off the guy goes, forgiven. He comes across another guy who owes him a, a little amount, grabs him by the throat, and he says, pay up, pay up, you owe me this. And the king got to hear about this story. And so the guy is called back to the king, and he says, I forgave you. Shouldn't you have forgiven your, your, your brother the amount that he, he owed you? And he says, because of that, I'm going to throw you into a prison, and you're going to stay there until you pay your bill. I, I am convinced that some Christians are, are in a prison because they can't learn to truly forgive. And then Jesus said, and so my, and this is the punchline as far as I'm concerned, Matthew, and so my heavenly Father will treat you unless you forgive from your heart. The two outstanding things about Joseph's forgiveness is that it was genuine and that it was unconditional. Who did Joseph forgive? We know. How? Now, the last thing I want to leave with you is this. Why did Joseph forgive? Well, could, we, could I have uh, those verses of scriptures on the... It, it's, it's in the story here in um, chapter 45 here. Also later in the story... Um, when, they, when they came to him asking for forgiveness again, notice what he says there. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. 
to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. And if we can go for the last one, please, Guy, Romans chapter 8. Uh, we hardly even need this one on the screen. Uh, but that's from Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Guess what? In Joseph's situation, God was working behind the scene on his behalf. How many believe that in, in everything that happens to us in life, even, even when all the old garbage of life hits the fan, that God is still working on our behalf. I, I can't understand why, as a family, we're going through what we're going through this time. But you know what? I've got to believe that somehow God is working for my good and for the good of all my family. I've got to believe that. And if you look at the life of Joseph, at just the right time, he, threw, he was thrown into the pit. In actual fact, he went from the pit to the palace. But at just the right time, he was in the pit. At just the right time, the Midianites came along and he was sold. At just the right time, he was sold in the household of Potiphar. At just the right time, uh, Potiphar's wife's accusation came. At just the right time, he went into prison. At just the right time, the butler and the baker were there. At just the right time, he got released. At just the right time, guess what? Behind the scenes, God was working on his behalf. And probably no Old Testament story highlights that truth more than the story of Joseph. We know that in all things, God is working. Even in those upsets, even in those nasty things that people do in us, God is working on our behalf. Now, that doesn't excuse him. It doesn't mean that what they did was right. But God has got a way of turning things around for our good. Well, that's good, isn't it? Even all the old, is crap or wrong, wrong? I don't know, but even all that rubbish. God is working in our favor. Let me tell you a personal story. Uh, people, hardly a day goes by when people don't ask me about um, my accent, especially when I'm in the hospital. No end of patients or staff say, where do you come from? Where is that accent? So I have to tell, I have to recount the story. Born in Belfast, at the age of two, we moved to Canada, where we stayed for 11 years before we came back to Belfast. So that's why often people will pick up a dual accent with me. But when we returned to uh, Belfast after 11 years, what was supposed to happen was that my father was supposed to come almost immediately after he had sorted out a few financial affairs. Cutting a long story short, we never heard anything from him for 10 years. He effectively had abandoned his family. At the time, I probably don't appreciate now how traumatic that must have been for my mother. But she did a, she did a pretty good job bringing up the five of us. He, he was an alcoholic, and when we had left, we'd gone from bad to worse, and he just abandoned his family. Years afterwards, out of the blue, he made contact with my mother. I, I, I want reconciliation. I want forgiveness. 
during that time, my mother had become a Christian, I had become a Christian. All of my siblings are, Christi are Christians now except one, but his days are numbered. <laughs> we'll get him there. How could I be bitter? God had been working behind the scene. At that time, I was a, I was a, I was a pastor in Dublin's fair city where the girls are so pretty. I was, a, I was a pastor. And when I saw how God was working behind the scene, would we have ever come to faith if we had not come back to... I don't know, but God knows, doesn't he? All I know is that behind the scenes, God was working on our behalf. And even those, even that very dark period of being abandoned by a father, God was working for our good, using that to bring us to faith. How could I be, how could I be bitter? How could I? I couldn't be. And Joseph knew that behind everything that was happening to him, that God was at work, he couldn't withhold and hold on to bitterness towards his brother because he knew that God was working on his behalf. Hey, Joseph, um, I'm almost finished. How am I doing, Matthew? I'm 30 minutes now. Oh, right, sorry. I'm almost finished. Almost finished. <laughs> Joseph had dreams. Joseph had dreams. Dare I say it, that he would never have reached those dreams if he hadn't learned to be forgiving. If God has put dreams within your heart, you're never going to reach them if you hold on to bitterness in your heart. It will ruin those dreams for you. So just do it. Forgive. John Wesley, who I'm a great fan of, commenting on the rarity of even forgiveness amongst Christians, he said, if this be Christianity, then where do Christians live? May forgiveness live within this church. You want to be a hero of the faith? You've got to learn to forgive. And then... You'll see your, your dreams and your desires fulfilled. Just let go of it. Let go of it. Be a Joseph. Dare to forgive. I, I can't help, an old tune of a song keeps going through my mind that I, I, I learned in my home church. I want to be like Joseph, my brothers to forgive. I want to be like David, though giants round me live. I want to pray like Daniel while in the lion's den. I want to be like Jesus and win the hearts of mine. I want to be a Joseph. I want to learn to forgive.